Today's shiur is Ksubas Daf Gimel. We begin today's shiur 11 lines from the top of Daf Gimel. You'll notice there's a squiggle underlined expression, Iko Diamri. In effect, we're continuing where we left off in our previous shiur that dealt with the question or the issue of Yesh or Ein Oynes Begitin. And this was coming off the previous topic where we saw that when an, a situation of onus, something beyond a person's control arose, in the context of ksubos, the, in the context of a husband's obligation to provide sustenance for his wife, if without getting into all of the details of our previous shiur, we of course are hopeful that everyone learned the previous shiur, but we saw there that if the year mark arose and he was unable because of circumstances beyond his control to start supporting her, he was not obligated to start supporting her until the first opportune time arose. That was a function of oiness and regarding the support of the wife, so the onus was a factor that we took into consideration. In the previous year, we saw, with regard to Gittin, the first of two opposite approaches, where we numbered them off number one, and today we're beginning with approach number two, where we saw in the previous discussion, the approach was where the Gemara said, Avali'ini Gittin ain't okay, where with regard to Gittin, to issues of divorce, where a stipulation is made and circumstances beyond one's control prevent him from fulfilling those stipulations. With regard to divorces, we did not take the onus, the uh, uh, circumstances beyond his control into consideration. We said that the get went through anyway. Now, in today's Gemara, we begin with an opposite approach. Iko Amri, we continue in the Gemara text. Omar Rava, just like we saw by Ksubos, by the requirement of a husband to support his wife, if Ones arose, he was not obligated to support her. The Ones was taken into consideration. So too with regard to divorce documents. Alma Kosova Rova, Yesh Ones Begitin. So you can see here that Rova holds that the Ones is something we take into consideration with regard to divorce documents with regard to divorces. And, of course, the uh, marking system that we have used, you can see, we introduced in our during our last year with the diamonds highlighting Rava, Roman numerals number one and two, showing the two versions of how to approach the issue of Oynes with regard to Gitten. Now, we continue with a marking that we feature on the side under the Nose Mivne heading. You see a an inverted house shape these are kushios, these are questions, mimikoros <coughs> v'taktimim, from sources and precedent, shebohem royim de'ein oines begitin. So these will, rep- these will represent a challenge to what we just claimed that under, uh, in Rova's name, that yesh oines begitin. These sources, which, by the way, will appear very familiar because these are the same sources that we saw in our previous year where we had a a right-side-up house marking. There, the uh, Gemara was seeking a support for the idea of Ein Ones Begitten. Here, we're going to cite the same sources which suggest Ein Ones Begitten, as we saw last time, but here, they represent a challenge to Rava, who claims Yesh Ones Begitten. So, let's go over the sources, let's go through the Gemara, and as I, as I said, this will be very familiar to those of you who learned our previous shir. A man says to his wife, this is your divorce document, if I don't show up uh, between now and 12 months. And the man dies within 12 months, so he's not going to be showing up um, anymore, uh, and, and the source says, Eino get. It's, it's not, the get does not go through. In his, his inability to uh, show up, as you can see, as a result of his death, and now we read on in the Gemara, Mace who Eino get, Ha'cholo hareza get. Only in the case of his dying do we say that it's not a get, and the reason for that is, is because the get was going to take effect 
at the 12th month mark, but he was dead already before that. And uh, we have a rule that Ein Get Leachar Misa, a divorce document cannot take effect if the husband is dead. So she can't be considered divorced when the 12 month mark arrives because he had he had died already before that. But we infer had, let us say, his he didn't show up not because of death, but because he got sick. We infer if he didn't come because of circumstances beyond his control, namely uh, an ailment, the get nevertheless is a good get. She is considered divorce. Ah, but he wanted to. He might very well have wanted to come back. He just was. He was prevented from fulfilling his condition because of circumstances of onus. And you see from here that we don't factor that in, and the get goes through. That is indicative of ain ones begitten. We don't take into consideration the ones circumstances, and the get goes through. That is a problem for Rava. Now, notice the triangle marking on the side. We have this listed as a ma'akav, an attempt to keep track of a back-and-forth style Gemara. The, with the point facing up, they represent a response, and the inverted triangle represents a question. So we respond. I'll tell you that as far as this source is concerned, even if he got sick, it's also not going to be a get, because yesh ones begitten, which is, of course, good for Rava. The he, gufo komashmon, the source that we read, wasn't to be read with an inference in mind, but rather to read it at face value. Gufo means it as itself, to read it at face value. The ein get, liacharmisa, simply to tell us that there is no divorce if the husband died beforehand. The point, of course, that we mentioned earlier. The Gemara asks, "Ain't get leacharmisa?" If that's what the purpose of this source was, uh, was in order to accomplish that information, ha tana le reisha. The reisha, the first part of this source, tells us that information. The Gemara says, "I still need the seifa, the latter part." Dilma lafuki midurabosenu. Again, following the back and forth of the Gemara, we're holding now in the position that Yesh Ones Begitten. So as far as Rava is concerned, he's still in good shape. As far as the seeming repetitious uh, element of the Tanaic source, in other words, we have a Reisha, which conveyed the idea of Ein Get Lachar Misa, and the Seifa, which seems to say the same thing. What's the point of the Seifa, therefore? It's to exclude the opinion of Rabosenu. And uh, this, of course, is something that we saw in our previous shiur. And the Rabbosenu opinion was that we emphasize the date written in the Get in order to establish its date or its, its time of effectiveness. And here we're coming to tell you that we don't follow that approach. Here the Gemara, though, doesn't elaborate. Toshma. So we bring another source and another challenge. What does the source say? This also deals with divorces. A man says, A man says that uh, this is your divorce if I don't come if I don't come back here from now till twelve months. And he dies within the twelve months. get. She is considered divorced. My love, who hadin lochala? Is it not so that the same would apply if he didn't come back because of an ailment? So whether he doesn't come back because he's dead or he doesn't become come back because of an ailment, the get is still a good get. Uh, what do we see from this? We see that ein ones begitten. Now I want to point out though that as far as the question of ein get laharmisa, in his stipulation he said. It's a good get if from now until 12 months. So we don't have the problem of ein get liachar misa. Nevertheless, the Gemara's thinking is is that just like if he died within the 12 months, it's a good get. So too, if he took ill and didn't come back, it's a the get goes through. Even though maybe he wanted to come back, uh, but he couldn't because of the the ones circumstances. So what do we what do we see from here that we don't factor in ones ain ones begitten? This is a challenge to Rava. Lo, the more rejects that. Mace Davka. 
in it's only in this case it's only in the case where he died that we say that the get is a good get. The lo nicholei the tipol kami yavam. The husband wanted her to be considered divorced in uh, in a circumstance where otherwise she would have become a yavama. She would have been bound to the levirate marriage of his uh, brother. Here's a couple that right now doesn't have any children and in the event that he dies leaving no children she becomes a widow and then would have to marry his brother and there was a mutual understanding that that was not that that was not in their best interest so in order to save his wife from being subjected to his brother in a yibum levirate marriage he divorced her with this stipulation that it's the get shall be effective from now uh, up till 12 months if I don't come back and and uh, only because of the death do we say that the get is a good get because his whole objective was to keep her away from the Yavam and of course a Yavam marriage only arises in the event of his death so he created this stipulation we formulated this stipulation in in, in such a way that she would be divorced before widowhood would set in. But if, let's say, he took ill, and that's the reason he didn't come back, well, she's still married to her husband. There's no issue of Yibum to begin with. And is and in a case like that, of his, of his taking ill, so the source would not have ruled that the get is a good get, because yesh ones begitten. So far, that's a good defense for Rafa's position. Toshma, another challenge. Again, this is a Gemara we saw in our previous year. There was a man who had um, given a divorce document to his wife, and he said, He says that uh, this, if this is your divorce, if I don't come back from now until 30 days, so that if this husband doesn't show up within 30 days, she would be considered divorced. Also, this husband appears. He appears in the distance at the end of the 30th day, Upaske Mavro. But there was a river between their actual location and where the husband was on this 30th day. And he couldn't get across the river. The Omaluhu, and he screams from the other side of the river, Chazudasoi, Chazudasoi. You see, I've arrived. You see, I've arrived. Now, uh, he's really not literally arrived because he's stuck on the other side of the river. But he's screaming out, I'm, I'm here, I'm here. Uh, the Omar Shmuel, Lo Shmei Masya. That's not considered a fulfillment of the conditions. And the get goes through. It becomes a, a formal divorce. Why? Well, it would seem that Ain Ones begin. The fact that he was caught on the other side of the river, which is a circumstance you might view as beyond his control, that doesn't interest us. The Taina, the claim of beyond my control, doesn't figure in. Ain Ones begitten. This is a problem then for Rova, Roman numeral number two. The Gemara responds, this is not a problem. Here, the person was negligent in his uh, stipulation. Oinso de Shriach Shiny, a common circumstance that appears to be beyond one's control, that's different. Where you know, or where you should have expected something like this to happen, is different. The Kevendi boy lay last velo asni, since he should have stipulated. He should have said, listen, that if I'm stuck on the other side of the river, let's that also be considered my having arrived. But he didn't say that. Ihu, who the Afsid Anafshi, he caused his own loss, but a an um an unexpected, a uh, unanticipated type ones that is something that would prevent the divorce from going through. So at this point, <coughs> the Gemara would be concluding that Yesh Ones begitten, and with that we can support Rava. As you can see, we have a slash mark indicating that that which follows is a new trend of thought. On the side <coughs> of the Gemara, we have a no say mivne heading, a trapezoid form appears, and we've written 
base shlavim. There are two stages, be it siras, in the formulation of Dino Shel Shmuel, Reb Shmuel Bar Yitzchak. The im yesh matzav shebased in Yoshvin kol yoim. If there would arise a situation where Bezdin sits in session, where the court sits in session every day, ishan nises kol yom. Then we could allow marriages to take place on any given day. Just to recall, the Mishnah spoke about a girl marrying. Uh, if she's a basula, she marries on. Uh, on uh, Mondays and Thursdays, uh, I should say, uh, days that uh, the court is. Uh, let's actually to be. Uh, I said uh, Thursdays. That's not in That's not accurate. More, rather, the Mishnah mentioned Wednesdays. <clears throat> I mentioned Monday, but that's uh, a point the Mishnah mentioned as days that the court sits in session. The Mishnah focused specifically on. Wednesday, that would be a day for a woman to get married because if the husband should discover that she is not a basula, as a basula, a virgin, as he thought she was, then he would run immediately to the basin with his claim that she is, uh, she presents a problem without going through all the details that we discussed in our previous year. <clears throat> so the insistence on the Mishnah of a marriage on Wednesday was because the next day the court sat in session, uh, affording him with an opportunity of immediately uh, presenting his case or his problem to the court. If the courts would sit in session every day, so then there should be no reason not to allow marriages on any given day. So now the Gemara. Omar of Shmuel Bar Yitzchak. Loi Shanu. The ruling of the Mishnah that a Basula is Niseis, she gets married only on Wednesdays, is Elo Mitakonas Ezra Vielich. That's from the time that Ezra established the rule of court sessions on Mondays and Thursdays. She'ein Botedinim Kvuin Elo Bisheni Vachamishi. Courts are not set in motion or set in, uh, or sit in session. Other than on Mondays and Thursdays, Avokadim Takonas Ezra, but earlier, historically speaking, before Ezra, Shebote Dinin Kavuin Becholyom, where courts were in session every day, Isha Niseis Becholyom, a woman could get married on any day because on any day that she gets married, if the husband discovers that she is not a basula, she uh, he would run to the court with his claim and. As we saw in our previous year, and that would create a, a, a sort of a, a, a public noise. And if anyone, if witnesses knew that she had been with uh, with another man uh, after their original, after after this couple's uh, kiddushin, so they would then be able to prosecute. And we didn't want, as we saw, saw in our previous year, we didn't want any cooling off period. So we wanted to have their initial intimacy um, in immediate. Uh, Proximity of the day in which the court is in session. But if the court is in session every day, uh, as it was historically before Ezra uh, established what he did, so marriages could take place on any day. The Gemara asks, "Kodem takonas Ezra, Whatever took place before Ezra established the rule of of court sessions on Mondays and Thursdays." Whatever was, was. Uh, the Gemara and the Mishnayas are not interested in teaching us a, a, a lesson in history. Whatever was, was. What's, what's Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchok's point? He's, Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchok is coming to qualify the, the Mishnah's teaching. It's his point to tell us that the Mishnah represents a time period after Ezra. But prior to Ezra, then it would have been different. But, like, who cares? That's an interesting topic for historians, but we're not studying history right now. We're dealing with halacha. The Gemara responds that we uh, didn't understand Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchak in a proper way. Rather, Hachi Komar. Here we have a second volcano shape indicating there's a second stage of developing Rav Shmuel's point. What Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchak is trying to tell us is as follows. If there would be a situation or a society or a community where Bote Dinim, where courts sit in session every day, like it was before Ezra 
established his rule of Mondays and Thursdays, then then a woman could in fact get married any day, any day of the week. The Gemara asks, how can you say that a woman could get married any day of the week? Now this is a term that we made reference to back on Daf Beis on our previous year. Shoktu is a term referring to the the sages had uh, placed their mind to establish, to make sure that a person would invest three days in the preparation of the wedding meal. So that if a person is going to invest three days in preparation of a wedding meal, uh, so Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday are days that the, the the husband is preparing the meal. He doesn't. He can't get married. He can't uh, consummate the marriage during that time. He's busy with the meal. So, and and we're interested that a person prepares a proper wedding feast, and that we assume will require three days of preparation. So, how can you say that? Well, they can get married any day. The Gemara says both points are true. We'll give you now a situation where they could get married on any day. If there is, imagine today, it's very easy for us to imagine. We have prepared food that could be put in a freezer. Just you slip it out of the freezer whenever you need it. Rashi says, the second line from the bottom, if he troubled himself <coughs> before Shabbos, and he uh, made all the uh, festive preparations ahead of time. Then he could marry her on, uh, on on Sunday or on Monday because the court is in session the next day. The Gemara continues at the top of Omid Bey's My Shaktu. Gemara here is asking what is the Tanaic source in which we find this concept of Shaktu alluded to. It is true that we made reference to Shaktu before, but that was in the name of Shmuel, Rashi points out at the top. But we're, in all due respect to Shmuel, Shmuel was an Amora. We're interested in finding a Tanaic source for this concept, uh, thereby giving it the strength of, or the basis from which we can ask questions. So, what is the Tanaic reference to Shaktu? Desanya. Note that we have a, a long answer marking. The Gemara itself contains a long Tanaic source, but what we need for our immediate purposes doesn't uh, consume the whole source, but rather as the long answer mark indicates. So, uh, after the long answer finishes, the source itself continues with additional points that the Gemara will focus on after the conclusion of the source. So we now continue on the top line. Why was the why was it established that virgin marriages, uh, consummation of marriages, Nisuin is the consummation of the marriage, that it is to take place on a Wednesday. If the husband should have any claim concerning her not being a virgin, he would then the next day get up and go with his claim to the court. And as we alluded to earlier in today's year, but we saw this uh, in a more elaborate fashion in our previous year, the uh, the fear is that uh, he finds her to be a non-basula that is a, a, um, that arises uh, arises a possibility that raises a possibility that uh, she, uh, she had been in intimacy with another man after their kedushin took place, and if that would be the case, she would be prohibited to her formal husband. The Gemara continues, Let a marriage take place, a consummation of the marriage take place on a Sunday. And if he has this claim that she's not a virgin, he would have the chance to get up the next morning on Monday to the court. 
And we know that Ezra established the court sit-in session on Mondays and Thursdays. So that, just like you said, the consummation of marriage can take place on Wednesday. Let Sunday also be an option. Being that Monday is the following day, a day in which the court sits in session. So the Gemara explains why Monday, why the Sunday marriage consummation is not followed. Shoktu chachomim al takonos benayis Yisrael. The chachomim applied themselves for the benefit of uh, the daughters of the people of Israel. Adam terech besuda shloshiyomim. We want uh, their their marriage to take place in the context of a very of a festive, uh, rich meal and. We want the husband to invest three days of preparation. Echod b'Shabbos, v'sheni b'Shabbos, v'shishi b'Shabbos. Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Uborvi, konsa. And on Wednesday, he then would consummate the marriage. And if there's any problem, Thursday is a day in which the courts sit in session. So that is appreciation of the issue of shoktu. Umisakonavielech, nohagu ha'om lichnois v'shlishi. From the time of danger onwards, the uh, public practiced uh, or uh, developed a custom of of marriage consummation on Tuesdays. And the Chachomim did not protest. You're dealing here with a, a public uh, practice and the lack of opposition on the part of the rabbis. Uh, marriages should not take place on Monday. If there are circumstances beyond their control, and Rashi points out <coughs> before and over here, all of this will be explained later in the Gemara. So if there's an ones, then mutter. There's a very um, uh, uh, we'll say vague expression uh, that, of course, the Gemara will develop later on. But the translation is that we separate the bride from the groom on on uh, Friday nights uh, if they haven't consummated their marriage. If that's going to be their first act of intimacy, we don't want them doing that on Friday night. Because that creates an an injury or a blood flow by the uh, man's uh, intimate penetration of the woman uh, of, dealing of course with a basula, there is a blood flow as a result of her first act of uh, intimacy and we don't want that to take place on Shabbos before we go further in the Gemara you notice on the side the Mivneh heading we, a bow tie is featured Havlotas, we're going to highlight the terms Sakona and later the word Oines. These were points mentioned in the source. The double underline that you see used are Shlavim, our stages Levarer, to establish Mahu Sakona. So under the bowtied Sakona, you see a double underline marking. We're going to go through explaining what that is through stages. And later, when we get to the Oynes Botai, also, you see, it's analyzed in stages. So the Gemara, my Sakona. In the source, it, in, we saw a little arrow on the side also, and will help you find where you saw that in the source. It was also underlined that from Sakona onwards, the custom developed to consummate marriages on Tuesdays. What is Sakona? Ilemo di Amri... If there was a proclamation made by the Gentile authorities that declared that any virgin who gets married on a Wednesday shall be put to death. So, no hagu. Why does the source say that a custom developed? It should be totally uprooted. In other words, marriages on Wednesdays should be totally uprooted. Why does the source indicate that they simply developed a custom? If it's a life-threatening situation, you don't need to develop a custom, but rather a formal ruling undoing Wednesday as the day for marriage consummation because, of, because it, presented, uh, it presented a threat of death. Omar Rabba, the Amri, the explanation of Sakon is that they, they said the following. 
Not that a woman who gets married on on Wednesday will be put to death, but rather, um, any girl that that consummates the marriage. And again, we mentioned this at length in our previous show. We're dealing with the consummation stage of a marriage. We're dealing with women that are already married. Alpidin, halachically speaking, uh, she received money or money value from the husband, maybe up to almost a year prior to this, making her an Aishas Ish. So it's important to note that you're dealing with a woman that basically is a is considered halachically a married woman. And now the the Gentile authorities announced that women who consummate their marriage on Wednesdays, Tiboil the Hegmon Trila, shall have uh, intimacy with the uh, military uh, ruler. The Hegmon is a governmental authority before. In other words, he gets first crack. He does, he, after he has intimacy, then she's given over to the husband. Well, of course, that's a, a very undesirable situation. And uh, that was uh, presented an element of sakona, and uh, therefore they they practiced the Tuesday consummation of marriages. The Gemara asks, "Hi sakona, you're, you're calling this uh, a threat of danger? This is onus. Onus is something uh, beyond their control, and." Uh, as such, a, a woman that is uh, basically raped, it's a, this is a, we'll call this a, uh, an elegant form of rape, because the, the uh, woman is going to be subjected beyond her control to this intimacy with the hegemon. And uh, therefore, uh, there's, nothing, uh, there's nothing prohibitive about the woman, even if she does have the intimacy uh, with the Hegemon on that Wednesday, she still is allowed for to her husband. So the Gemara is asking, why do we have to undo the practice of consummation of marriages on Wednesdays? The Hegemon does not present. Maybe it's a. You'll say it's a. It's a an unpleasant situation, but it's it doesn't present itself as a halachic problem per se. So it's oinus. Beyond her control, nothing you can do about it. Let them let the original halacha stay in place. Uh, and why why do you bechlal describe this as a sakona, as an an element of danger? Where is there a life threatening element here? The Gemara answers, and we should have introduced the triangles that you see on the side. This is a ma'akav, an attempt to keep track of a back and forth style of Gemara where the point facing up is a question, the inverted triangle is a response. So the Gemara answers, Mishum sakona. There are Jewish women that uh, uh, lead a very modest lifestyle, and they will uh, give up their lives <coughs> rather than be involved with intimacy with this Hegemon, this uh, governmental official. So the uh, the the element of sakona is still present, and that's why the source re- referred to this as a sakona. The Gemara asks the lidrosh Why couldn't the rabbis of the time tell these women that if this if it's ones, it's mutter? In other words you are still allowed to your husbands. Don't give up your life for this. Allow yourselves to be subjected to this this this, uh, uh, dishonor. However, it doesn't uh, prevent you from being with your husbands. There's no reason to, to give up your life for it. So why don't the rabbis just teach that? And 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 keep the law in its place. The mar- the consummation of marriages on Wednesdays. Eko, the Gemara answers, Eko prutsos v'eko nami koihanais. The uh, necessity on the in the eyes of the public of of moving 
uh, a day back, the consummation of marriages is because you have in the society prutsos, that meaning that if you teach that onus is allowed, meaning that the, of course doesn't mean the act of rape is allowed, but that a woman who is raped is allowed to her husband, we're afraid that the prutsos there are women that are loose in their own lifestyles, and if we're makehill, they will go ahead and do this even willingly claiming that it's ones, and those kind of women will in fact be prohibited to their husbands. So we can't uh, follow this recipe or this suggestion of simply telling and teaching that ones is a, an ones victim is mutter to her husbands. You have to consider the prutsos, these luid type women, and the ikonami kaihanas. They're also the wives of kaihanim. The halacha says that a wife of a Kohen who is raped, she in fact becomes ulcer to her husband. So that's simply to go on a public lecture tour that ones is not a does not thwart or prevent a woman from being with her husband, that's not always the case, as is as is the situation with the with the Kohanis. And it's with regard to the Kohanos that we are afraid they might, in fact, risk their lives. In other words, they would, they would say, I'd rather die, kill me, than be with the Hegmon. Because if she is with the Hegmon, in fact, she becomes also to her husband. And, and she, couldn't, she would not be able to bear living with that. The Gemara asks, well, now, now after having made the case for moving the, the date back, by a day, why not just undo the law of Basulos marrying on Wednesdays? Look at all the problems that this poses, the, with this, this hegemon uh, appearance poses. So, lacre means <coughs> uproot the din altogether. Why does the source say it was a, a custom that developed and the rabbis didn't object. The rabbis maybe should have taken the initiative of uprooting the law of a Wednesday Nisuin. The Gemara answers, Gezerah Avido Debatla. The rulings of the Goyim, the rulings of the Gentiles, uh, unfortunately the Jewish people are all too familiar with this as part of their history, that it, it goes like the waves of the sea. There are Gezeros, Periods where gezeros, where uh, rulings, anti-Jewish rulings, are put into motion, and they disappear, and they reappear, and they disappear. They, therefore, they're described by the Gemara as avido de batla. It's it's inevitable that they will eventually go away. Batla become void. The takanta de rabbonon mekamik gezero lo akrinon, a formal rabbinic ruling in the face of the uh, the passing uh, gezeros of the Gentiles, so formal rabbinic rulings are not to be undone. There's a lot of philosophical value in that concept. The we call it the permanence of Torah versus the uh, the the passing element of of Gentile oppression. Well, ihachi b'shlishi nami osi uboil. If there's an issue of the hegmon showing up, and as a result, we the the public practiced Tuesday weddings. How does that help? Couldn't he show up also on Tuesday? The Gemara says misfeko lo okar nafshe. As a as a out of doubt, since as we just got finished explaining, the rabbis didn't formally uproot the Wednesday marriage. So they didn't formally replace the Wednesday with a Tuesday marriage. So it wasn't a takonas based in this Tuesday marriage. The Goyim, these uh, Gentile oppressors, they relate only to formal, uh, formal court rulings. They don't relate to uh, a, a common public practice. So the Hegmon um, isn't going to trouble himself to show up on Tuesday as a result of the Jewish community practicing Tuesday marriages. So out of Sveika, as we said in his mind, the the uh, 
the possibility, the doubt that she might get married a day earlier isn't enough to motivate him to uh, to travel from wherever he is in camp to the Jewish community. We continue with a quote from the source. The arrow should help you find where the original quote comes from. Ubesheni lo yichnos. On Mondays, marriages should not be consummated. If there is an onus circumstance that arises, then a Monday marriage is allowed. My onus. What do you mean by onus? If it's a reference to the hegmon, <coughs> as we stated earlier, that's unlikely. Hosam kori sakona. Before, we referred to the hegmon as a sakona, something that was presented a danger, and now you're calling it ones. And furthermore, before, we said that it was a public custom to push the marriage date earlier. And here, you do use a different expression. You don't say, no, obviously, say mutter, that it's it's simply allowed. Why the change? If it's the same circumstance, so you should use the same expression. Omar Rava. So Rava explains. Now you'll see that you see that we have a numbering scheme. There are two approaches to explaining this case of onus. The Amri Sar Tzavah They announce that the uh, general is coming to town. And Rashi adds, uh, And he will steal all the meals, any food that he can get his hands on, he will steal. What are the circumstances behind this? If he comes and goes, uh, Rashi says, he, he, he comes and, and goes after Wednesday. So, the, if that's the case, so why don't they wait till next Wednesday to get married? Why the need to push things back? Lo, no, what is Necessary here is the osi vikova. An announcement comes that the sar tzava is coming to town, and uh, he's going to be staying here for a while. So that uh, any food he gets his hands on, uh, he'll he's going to take. So better to push things back. Well, if we're pushing things back, the gimel miyalichnos. Why not then get married on Tuesday? Why is the marriage consummation pushed back to Monday? as the Gemara indicated. What's, what's wrong with Tuesday? The Gemara answers, Asparva dide begimel kasu. His advanced men come on a day, on, the, on, on a Tuesday. So the Sar Tzava, he comes up, he comes, he comes around on Wednesday. The advanced men come around on Tuesday, and all food that might be around, they will they confiscate for their own purposes. Therefore, that leaves us only with Monday available for the marriage. That is the first approach to explain what the source meant, that if, as a result of an onus, then Monday becomes mutter. The onus being the appearance of these military officials who will confiscate all prepared food. The Iboy Seymo, another a, approach, a totally different approach. My Machmas Oinus, what's the Oinus referred to that, um, that cause us to speak about marriages on Monday? Kirisanya, as is featured in the following source. We will see a case of a of a groom. The 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 man's father, the groom's father, dies. We'll see there where the bride's mother dies. And on the side of the Gemara, we have a no say a topic heading. 
דיני משתה ואבלוס המיוחדים למקרה שמייס אב החוסן או אימא קלה. We see laws regarding uh, wedding festivities on the one hand and laws of mourning on the other hand in the event that the father of the groom or mother of the bride die. So the Gemara continues. All the food is ready. The bread is baked, the meat is slaughtered, and the wine has been mixed with water, the wine has been poured. Rashi Sok talks about it's been mixed with water, so so as to enable it to be fit for immediate drinking. Once wine uh, is mixed with water, so its shelf life is... is uh, severely curtailed and hence uh, it won't last as opposed to of course wine that's uh, that's stored in barrels for aging so we have a, a situation that we just described where uh, all the food is ready and as Rashi pointed out that the this is this, this story is taking place on a Monday where the father of the of the groom died on a Monday, and 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 in and uh, it was under these circumstances that all the food was ready. What do we do? And maybe before we even go on in the Gemara, we should glance at Rashi, five lines from the end of the page. The choice of these relatives is done uh, deliberately. That's the father of the groom that was the preparer of the meal. It might sound um, unusual to uh, modern ears where weddings are, are, uh, are prepared by a joint uh, sponsorship of a caterer or uh, other communities might have actually the bride is spending the money on preparing the wedding meal. But as far as the Gemara is concerned, it was the groom's responsibility, and more specifically, the father of the groom, he was the one that prepared the meal. The mother of the bride, she was the one that prepared all the uh, jewelry and cosmetics uh, that were part and parcel of a bride. Lefikoch, im Rashi says, three lines from the bottom, Lefikoch im Yavor HaMoyed, Shuv ein mechlem. If the if the uh, this time goes by, there's not going to be anyone to prepare these things for them. The tirlem lachnis says The Rashi tells us what the Gemara is about to tell us that they allowed them to bring the body of the deceased into a side room shaloyburu without immediate burial, um, and the wedding would continue. The consummation of the marriage would take place, because if they would bury the deceased immediately, the imkain chola velus alo avel b'stimas agerlo, come on. The laws of mourning would set in immediately with the sealing of the grave. V'shuv lo yuchalichno isachi avor avelus, and he wouldn't be able to consummate the marriage until a, a week later when the avelus passes. And then there's no one around to to uh, get the uh, either the food or the cosmetics ready anymore. So this is called a circumstance of ones, and specifically the source spoke about getting married, the consummation on a Monday. It's because the avachosin or emakala died on Monday, with everything having been prepared. So the source goes on. Uh, the the uh, deceased, the body is placed in a side room, and the bride and groom proceed to the canopy, where we say that's the the nisuin. We're at the top of the Aftalinum and Aleph right now. And the first act of intimacy, that's called the Bilas Mitzvah, the first act of intimacy, and then Poresh, he separates. Rashi says, Uporesh, the Yikbaru, at the top line, Rashi, Yikbaru is Hames, Miyad, and then the body is buried, the Kevon, the Chololov, Chatunah, 
since the Bias Mitzvah took place, so it becomes a, the, the rules of, fest, of, of festivals, regel, holidays, set upon this couple. So they are now engaged in a festival. Even though they then bury the dead, but prior to that, the law of regel set upon them. So that uh, preempts uh, precedes, preempts the laws of Avelis and therefore Avelis does not set in, laws of mourning don't set in immediately and as the Gemara will tell us let's continue in the Gemara text so they first will celebrate the seven days of festivity and of course I'm sure many listeners are wondering how in the world could you be festive with the death of a parent. Uh, we're presenting here uh, halachic categories and uh, we're not delving into matters of uh, emotion, as important as emotion is, but we're dealing with halachic categories. So you have seven days in which they practice mishta, uh, regular meals, no um, uh, no overt acts of of mourning, and after that week, then the seven days of mourning. The Chol Hayomim and all those days of the Mishte uh, and the Avelus, all those days. It would seem here from the, as Rashi presents it, it's a basically two weeks. Who The groom after they. Uh, fulfilled their initial act of intimacy, they're separated. The man sleeps amongst other men and the woman, the bride, sleeps amongst other women. In other words, they're not sleeping together as husband and wife. And we do not withhold uh, cosmetics and ornamentation from the bride for a period of 30 days. We want her to look attractive uh, to the groom during the 30-day period. Even though you see that we're dealing with a period of time uh, in which you also have a week of mourning. V'davka oviv shel chosan o'ima shokala specifically those uh, relatives, mother, as a father of groom, mother of bride, it's specifically under those circumstances that we said what we did above, that we put the body in the side room and they first observe the seven days of marriage festivity. This information we saw when we read the Rashi before, because they're with the, in the absence of the Ava Chosen or Ema Kalo, there is no one else to take care of the necessary preparations. If it's the mother of the groom or the father of the bride, then we would not follow this procedure. Rather, we would push everything off. We would then first bury the dead. Uh, then the laws of Avelis would set in. And then take care of the marriage, being that the people that are in charge of the marriage preparations, by whether it's the, from the food aspect or the tachshitim aspect, they are still around. Before we go further, we glance at the side where we have a topic heading, the nosei. Mosai, when is it? Ube'ezen esibos, under what circumstances? Mutu lahaktim yemeha Do we say that it is allowed to have the wedding days, the wedding, the week of wedding festivities precede <coughs> the um, the Avelus because of the uh, the meat being exposed to water in its cooking that will become clear as we go through the Gemara Omar Raphram Bar Popa Omar Loi Shonu Ela this is a an expression of qualification in other words that we celebrate the wedding days before the morning days. This is under this is taught Eloshenosan Mayim Agabi Bosser, where water was poured over the meat, a 
reference to the, we'll say, the beginning of the cooking process. If they didn't add water to the meat, then it can be sold. In other words, you can sell it, and with the money, you can have a new meal prepared. In other words, the, the issue that we mentioned before of a total loss is not the case if water was not uh, the meat wasn't subjected to the water. <clears throat> so Rav Chista he introduces this uh, we'll say this new qualification. Omar Rava. Rava and Rav Papa on the next line will present two extreme cases. Rava says Ubikrach when it comes to a large city. Even if water was added to the meat, it's a, a krach, is a large city. There are a lot of people that uh, are uh, in need of food. It, it will be, you can sell it. And since you can sell it, you don't have a total loss. You'll have money. And with that money, you can then buy the necessary meal requirements a week later. So in a krach, even if water was added to the meat, so there would be no heter, in the case of the father of the groom dying, there would be no heter for uh, having the wedding days precede the morning days. Omar Rav Papa, Ubekfar, a village, Afapishalono San Mayim Algabi Bosar, Lom is Dabin. In a village where it is a uh, a lot of meat available and a small population, even if the water wasn't added to the meat, you would have no one interested in buying that meat. So that in a in a village, it would always be a, we call it a loss situation if we were to delay. So that uh, Rav Kisto's qualification would not apply to a kfar, just like it wouldn't apply to a krach. So under, or, under what circumstances or where would Rav Chizda's point be applicable? In other words, what was Rav Chizda's point? That <clears throat> a distinction is made whether water was or was not added to the meat. The, that distinction isn't in the krach and that distinction is not in a kfar. Omar Ravashi, Kigon Masa Mechasya. Ravashi explains in a community like the town of Mechasya. The Mafko Mikrach, Mafko Mikfar. It's a medium sized community. It's, uh, Mafko literally means it's taken out of the category of a Krach. It's smaller than a Krach. And it's Mafko Mikfar, it's also larger than a tiny village. Tanya Kavose de Ravchista. And here we have a Tanaic source that supports Rav Chista. Rav Chista, of course, was one that introduced this qualification of the meat and water being uh, water being added to the meat or not. A wedding meal has been prepared. The bread is baked. The meat is slaughtered, and the wine has been mixed with water. Venosan mayim al gabi bosar. And the uh, water was poured over the meat. Umes oviv shel chasan o imo shel kala. And as we saw earlier, these specific relatives, one of them died. Machnisin es ames lecheder v'sachosan v'sakalu lechupa. The body is put into a side room, and the bride and groom go to the marriage canopy. Uboyel bilas mitzvah uporish. And the first act of intimacy takes place, and then they separate. And then they celebrate the seven festive, festive days, followed by seven days of mourning. And all during those days, man sleeps with other in the presence of other men. The woman, the the bride, sleeps amongst other women. They do not sleep together. Likewise, a situation where a um, woman 
becomes a nida. Uh, these points will be developed later in the Gemara, <coughs> where she uh, becomes a nida as they enter the marriage canopy. Ishto means his wife, but as we mentioned before, the chuppah is a consummation of a marriage that took place many months earlier at the Kiddushin stage. So, uh, at, as they enter the marriage canopy, she all of a sudden becomes a nida. Who, Yoshen, a nida, of course, is a menstrual woman, uh, which is uh, strictly forbidden uh, in intimacy. So, who, Yoshen, ben Hanoshim, v'hi, Yoshen, ben Hanoshim. They sleep then separately. The uh, bride is uh, not to be deprived of cosmetics for the first 30 days. Whether there is an oinus or not, initial intimacy shall not take place on Friday. There you have the problem of the chabura, the injury that is characteristic of an of a first-time act of intimacy with a besula, nor on motzoi Shabbos, uh, Saturday night or Sunday, if you will. This, uh, this, and many other details of this source will be discussed at length in the Gemara.